I'm Andrea Zabo, and you're listening to an Elephant Shoe podcast. Welcome back to another episode at the Learn Life School through the Elephant Shoe podcast series. And today we're diving into the complex and often misunderstood topic, overachieving behaviour and its connection to childhood trauma. You might be thinking, why did she choose this topic? Well, I chose it because seriously, someone actually said to me not long ago, oh, you're such an overachiever. And I, and I thought, oh, isn't overachieving like a good thing? Well, I thought, you know, I don't know how long I've got on the planet. I might as well use my time as best I could, squeeze every bit of juice out of, of, out of my life that I can. But then when I started to reflect on it, I started to think mm, maybe my drive wasn't as altruistic as I thought. I was being or because I had that health scare my reasoning and rationale was well I better get as much done as I can in the time that I've got so yeah there is merit in my original thinking behind why I do push myself beyond many limits but then when I did reflect and start to look at it I thought you know what I think I need to do a podcast on this uh, one for my own clarity but hopefully for you so you get a bit of clarity as well on what it is so first let's just establish what is overachieving behavior what does it entail overachieving is more than just setting high goals and aiming for excellence right So overachievers tend to push themselves to the limit and they're often fueled by, I don't know, a a relentless pursuit of success and recognition and validation. Now, I was obviously doing this, but it was all subconscious. You know, I really believe that what I was doing was because, you know, I had that prognosis 25 years ago and the impetus for me was to continually create and share and live from a place of moving forward But it's only now I recognise that dysfunctional part of myself was at play, silently running in the background, really. And look, we see overachieving happen in lots of industries, lots of areas of life, anything from academia, careers, sports, entertainment, what else? Uh, Personal development industry also is rife with this type of push. And uh, even other aspects of life, like I'm watching, you know, young mothers being amazing parents but this drive to achieve and be the best and create this amazing life for their children is you know full of merit without a doubt however subconsciously I'm wondering you know are they feeling that they need to be doing all this thing to validate themselves now let's delve into childhood trauma now trauma experienced during the formative years can really have a profound effect on an individual's development and even their coping mechanisms. Now, it can stem from, I don't know, various sources such as neglect, abuse, loss. Um, even witnessing a traumatic event can have a great impact. And these experiences shape how a person's self-perception, their behaviours and emotional responses throughout their lives play out. Now, my older sister, she's at retirement age, and we were reflecting much on our past the other day, and we both recognised this drive within us, be it her million-dollar achievements or my wealth of abilities and skills that have happened because I've put myself in so many different situations to achieve and do things. We were looking at the fact maybe there wasn't a balance in our life that could have been there. That's sort of why we're talking about this topic today, because many overachievers harbour hidden scars from their past and they have a need to excel, which often arises as a coping mechanism. 
a way to gain a sense of control over the environment or to approve their worthiness. Now, by achieving successes, they hope to validate their existence and and seek external affirmation to fill this void left by an unresolved trauma or a lack of something that they weren't getting growing up. So if we explore some of those common patterns and parallels between childhood trauma and overachieving, we can see a pursuit of perfectionism. And, and this intense fear of failure or even a difficulty establishing healthy boundaries can be traced back to that early life experience. Oh, look, while overachieving behaviour can lead to impressive accomplishments, it, it often comes at a cost. Look, it could be anything from burnout, strained relationships, even a perpetual sense of emptiness somewhere along the line. And in my case, it was a health crisis. So it's essential to recognise and address this underlying trauma that is there and break the cycle. I found like redefining success on my terms was important. So maybe ask yourself, what are my levels of success? Are they extreme? Just being more self-conscious. And I'll go into a little bit later and some other things we can do to break that cycle. So like all changes of behaviour, it takes a bit of work. And ironically, I am an overachiever, so I could put the work in. But I did get there to a certain degree now where I can comfortably um, have a list in front of me and not feel I have to finish it, you know, within five minutes or what have you. I'm always banging on about self-awareness and reflection. However, that's what we actually have to do. We have to recognise and acknowledge that overachieving behaviour is causing more harm than good and reflect on the reasons behind your drive and see if there is any negative consequences because sometimes it's fine and it's working. Achieving's great and it's getting what you need and giving what you need. However, if you can start to stop and have a look at it, And then go, "Mm, actually, there are some negative consequences coming out of this. And I'll talk a little bit about later on how we can recognise those. But one, one thing to start with is, I suppose, having realistic goals. So instead of aiming for this perfection in everything you do, set achievable and realistic goals. Prioritise your tasks and focus on what truly matters rather than um, spreading yourself too thin, basically. And I don't know, how much of a list person are you? Do you need to get all 25 things done today and and before you can even rest or stop? Or can you put something off till tomorrow? That's a good little barometer, I suppose, to just sort of see what sort of relationship you have with achievement. If you're a lists person and you look at them and most people would have, if they were healthy, you know, four or five things on their list to do that day. If you've got 20, yeah, so maybe getting rid of some of the tasks on your lists or maybe just getting rid of lists and just thinking, well, okay, I just have to maybe remember three things today instead of 33 things. I don't know. It's all a journey. We're all just moving forward. And I did mention earlier before about boundaries and I think learning to say no is really important, especially when you're overwhelmed and you might just take on additional tasks because that's what you used to do. You're used to doing it. So you do it. And it compromises yourself. So if you set clear boundaries about your time and your energy, either at work or even in your personal life, relationships, whatever form, but just making sure that you're setting boundaries to make sure that there isn't an overwhelm because you're taking on so many tasks because you are an overachiever, right? So another way to also move forward is to delegate. 
Oh, man, oh, man, I've learnt this one big time from being a control freak when someone would say, oh, can I help you? And I'd say, oh, no, I'm all right. You know, I might as well have said F off on my forehead. But I now say, sure, you want to help? How about you? Blah, blah, blah. I think if you're in a position to do so, delegate. Delegate tasks to other people, you know, when it's appropriate. You don't have to do everything on your own. And allowing others to help you, one, alleviates stress for you, but it actually also gives them something as well. You're not taking away from someone if they're helping you. They can say no if they don't want to do it. Asking for help or accepting it if it's offered, such a great way of getting away from the overachieving behaviour. I look back at in my past at extreme times, almost labelled Android Andrea, might I say. But I do feel a little bit silly now because there were so many times along my journey that help was offered by people whilst I was doing things. And I ridiculously said, no, I'm all right, I'll do it. And I look back now and I'd wished I'd said many times along the way, sure, would you like to do that? That would be beautiful if you could help me there. Thank you. You know, um, so accepting help was a big difficulty, but you, like me, can do it. If you are a person that doesn't accept help very well, maybe look at that as a red flag because it was a big indicator to me when I started to notice moving forward that accepting help was a more healthy way of being. Another way, what was there, you know, just maybe focusing more on the process than the outcome. I do that so much now in everything I do, in all my workshops, even putting programs together. I'm really focusing on the process and not just the outcome. So instead of fixating or or solely fixing my attention on the end result, I take time to appreciate and enjoy the process of working towards that goal. And it really actually does reduce the pressure that I place on myself. It's giving me an opportunity to enjoy my time and energy and experiences as they are with myself or whoever I'm working with or whatever. And, you know, doing that mindfulness, stress reduction activities that I bang on about here again, you know, making sure that you're giving yourself time to relax meditation, yoga, deep breathing, managing your stress is really important. And these practices can help you stay present and maintain perspective. Because a lot of the time, if we're an overachiever, we have something in our mind that we expect should be happening and must happen and needs to happen a certain way. When we give ourselves time to reduce our stress and be more mindful, do enjoyable things, then the perspective comes to us in a more balanced way and we see that we're putting a lot of emphasis on something that might not be as important as we think it is and and celebrating our small wins is really important too acknowledging the little achievements no matter how small they might seem well it's good for your self-esteem and it reduces this need for constant overachievement coming to realize that the small things are just as valid as moving the mountains And that sort of puts more perspective again into where we're at. If this behavior that's deeply ingrained, by the way, might be so deep, you might need to get support, counselor, therapist, whatever way it comes. They can help you explore the underlying causes and maybe develop healthier coping strategies instead of, you know, needing to control and overachieving and what have you. And having a hobby also helps. If you're looking at that great form of relaxation, downtime engaging in activities just for the pleasure of it 
And that can shift your focus away from overachieving or achieving thinking all the time. It's just a chance to be. And I've taken up pottery and I'm seriously just doing it because I want to do it for a hobby. I'm not doing it to sell it or I'm not doing it to, you know, oh, I can do this. I'm seriously just doing it for that downtime, relaxation and joy. And I'm kicking myself a little bit now that I didn't do it earlier because I really am enjoying it so much. I've since learned that that downtime and the joy and the pleasure far outweighs this need to succeed that I had in the back of my mind. And this perfectionism, you know, striving all the time to to get it to be a certain perfect when realizing that imperfections are natural and that they don't define my worth, you know, whether it's not 100% brilliant or good or whatever. Giving myself permission, I suppose, to strive and let go of the need for everything to be perfect. I could still try, but if it's not, I don't fall over now. Whereas I don't know about you, but there was a time where I would not allow myself to not be good. It had to be good or not at all. And I think that extreme, unhealthy, didn't help me. I tell you what did and does, and this is something that you can practice every day, and I highly recommend it, is practicing gratitude. Just regularly expressing gratitude for the things you've accomplished, no matter how big or how small. You know, this helps you shift your perspective again. A lot of the time when we're in an unhealthy behavior, our perspective is out of whack and getting perspective back in really helps us move forward. The most important thing that you can do for yourself is practice self-compassion. Treat yourself with the same kindness and understanding that you would offer to a friend. And look, accepting they're not perfect is part of your life, as well as accepting yourself as being not perfect. And that you can make mistakes. It's just natural. It's a healthy thing to make mistakes because we learn and move forward when we do. Admitting and recognizing that you are allowed to be imperfect. Because, you know, if you look at nature, I don't know about you, but because of your age, however, me growing up, when you went to the shopping center and you grabbed the apples and the oranges or whatever, they probably had spots on them and they weren't that perfect, but you still ate it and it wasn't a problem. And I think in this day and age now with perfectionism and everything's got to be so and right and good, we're losing a little bit of the reality of nature, which is imperfection. You look at a tree, if you went out in the yard right now and had a look at a tree There's a million imperfections in there and they're all beautiful because they make that tree that tree. It doesn't have to be perfectly straight with all the bark around it, a certain color and shade and and thickness. It is what it is. And I think that accepting ourselves with that self-compassion as being perfect as we are is important as well. So... ironically all this does take time and effort you know as you know I've been talking about it now for however long being patient with yourself and working on letting go is is really helpful so it's a journey towards creating a healthier and more balanced approach to life I just want to encourage you to embrace that self-compassion and self-care recognizing that overachievers often struggle to extend the same kindness to themselves that they can give others 
and that that journey towards understanding your own worth isn't solely defined by your achievements and that healing childhood trauma requires learning to love and validate yourself. And I've said it before, it's not what you do, it's who you are. So if there's something you don't want, it's okay to say no or even do nothing. And you can have a hobby for fun. You can decline an invitation to somewhere, turn down a job, sleep in, have a pyjama day, just eat the leftovers instead of cooking a meal from scratch. You are totally okay if you do or if you don't. So thank you for joining us on this thought-provoking episode of Overachieving and Trauma. So until next time, take care, be kind to yourself and lots of love and light. Bye for now.